right. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his goodness and we thank him for his mercy. God is good all the time. I hope you know that. I hope you uh, are experiencing God's blessings. I hope you're experiencing his goodness. I hope that your walk with the Lord is getting closer and closer. Amen. Amen. Um, and that you're finding victory over the challenges and the issues and the things. There's a lot of stuff that come up, but you know what? No matter what comes up, God's greater than all of that. Sometimes the challenge is, is for us to remember that, you know, things don't always go exactly the way you want them to go or the way you think they should go, but that doesn't mean they're not going. Amen. Amen. God, God does things his own way. And sometimes you gotta, you have to, I have to, we gotta make room for God to move the way he wants to move. Sometimes we, we, we do try to make room for God to move, but sometimes we take, um, that room that we made and then we package it up and we say, you know what? Okay, God, um, I'm gonna let you do it but I want you to do it like this. <laughs> and that kind of in, ends up being um, our, um, 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 our problem when we, when we do that. When, when you leave a matter in God's hands, um, God is going to decide how that thing goes. So yes, he's operating. Yes, he's moving. Yes, he'll take care of it. But he's also going to do that the way he wants to do that. So you have to make room for God to do things the way he wants to do. It doesn't have to go the way um, that you envision it or the way that I um, thought it out in my mind it doesn't always go like that. All right, let's get back into our scripture here. So we are, we're, we're talking, amen, praise the Lord. We're talking um, 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 about spiritual debt collectors. Okay, this is our uh, fifth lesson. Um, in this um, in this series, um, dealing with spiritual debt collector, and the Word of God says in Matthew chapter um, eighteen, Amen. We're back in there, and we're going to start at around about verse um, um, verse twenty three. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Amen. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshiped him saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord, their Lord, all that was done. Then his Lord, after that, he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredest me. Shouldest not 
thou have also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee. And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Amen. Amen. Now, we're going to continue on. The slide says um, part four, but this is actually uh, part five. I just didn't have a time to, um, to, to update that. But we're, we're continuing in this, um, um, in this vein where we're dealing with spiritual um, debt collecting, okay? And, um, and it's something that we, uh, we've had four lessons so far. And the Lord's really been speaking. The Lord's really been giving us some things. And we learned a couple things about this. We learned um, that, you know, it's not long before we get here, before we're born, that we're going to deal with trouble in some form, some fashion. That's just going to happen, okay? So I'm sorry to, to rain on anyone's parade who thought it was maybe going to be, um, you know, a little bit more rosy and a little bit more warm and fuzzy. Now, that's not real life. That's, that's Candyland. And but real life is, is is that you're going to endure some things. You're going to deal with some hardships, and we learned that. Okay, and that was a good thing for us to be reminded of. Um, for a reference scripture, we used um, Job 14 and one. I invite you to to um, to take some time and study that very simple scripture. Um, but the depth that's in that particular scripture, Job 14 and one, is something that you don't want to miss. God's got a lot of good stuff in there. We also discovered that, you know, as a result of, of this, because we, we will deal with trouble, we will deal with, with trials and situations and, and challenges. Okay. And, um, and, um, and, um, um, because of this, sometimes we, we do get exposed to, we, we, it, it brings you into the, in the contact with both the positives and the negatives of the human condition. And we learned about a little bit about the positives and we discovered that when we talk about the positives of the human condition, amen, um, that's a good thing because why? Um, this world, there's so much going on and so much of it is not good that if you focus completely on that which is not good, you will actually end up missing the things that are good. Your, your outlook will become jaded. Um, you'll become conditioned to look at things in a manner that really is probably detrimental, that really is not helpful. And your outlook will become bad. Your attitude will start to get infected, all of that. You'll start to begin to see things, the glass always half empty and never half full. You're always, you'll start to begin to see things um, um, in the area of, um, of, of, of deficiency. So something's missing instead of sufficiency. Okay. Having what you need. And these are the things that can, these are the things that can happen. And brothers and sisters, let me just say, say this here. Um, that all happens. That all can happen just by sheer force of just you and I choosing to focus on that which is negative i mean it doesn't really take a whole lot to turn your outlook onto a sour note okay 
doesn't take a whole lot to turn it into the negative. Really, all it takes is constant feeding on that which is negative. Brothers and sisters, I want to caution you. There is, you know, you gotta you gotta monitor how much news you're taking in. Now, now I'm not one who tells now, I'm not gonna be one to tell you don't pay attention to the news. No, you need to pay attention. There's some things you need to know. Why? Because you need to know what you what to be praying about. So you do need to pay attention to some of it. And I know, and 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 but when you do that, it means that some of the stuff's not going to be good. Well, that's okay. Those are your prayer assignments, okay? All that kind of stuff. But there's one thing to it's 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 one thing to um, to check in on the news, to make sure you're aware versus feeding on the news. That's different. Those are two different things. If you are constantly feeding and feeding and feeding your man with all of the negative, because you got to remember, you know, <laughs> so in, uh, as bad as it is, sometimes nothing sells like bad news. And so bad news and bad reports are going to be a lot or the majority of what you're going to get when you check in on the news. That's why you got to discipline yourself and you have to you have to monitor. You got to make sure you're not getting too much, just enough for you to stay aware, but not enough to become depressed and downtrodden and brought down. You don't want to do that. OK, so you're going to come across the positives and you're going to come across the negatives. And we learned um, quite a bit about that. Um, those different things. We looked at um, Lamentations chapter three, verses 20 through 22 through 23. So those two, two verses. And then we looked at Psalms 118, okay, and, uh, verse 24. And, and we learned, you know, guess what? We, there, there's something to be, re to, to rejoice about, okay? God has in the middle of everything being topsy-turvy at times, God has still given you and I plenty to be thankful for. There is plenty to praise God for. Amen. You have not, no matter how bleak it looks out there, we have not even almost exhausted or begun to exhaust the number of wonderful things that we can praise God for. The question is, is are you and I paying attention to what God is doing? Are we paying attention to those good things? Sometimes we don't pay attention to the good things. And I'm going to tell you why. And this is sad, but it is true. Sometimes we don't pay enough attention to the good things. Why? Because we only pay attention to the good things that happen to us. Self-centeredness, selfishness. And so we, we, we do want to say thank you. We just kind of prefer to say thank you for the stuff that he's done for us. Brothers and sisters, you got to learn to share in one another's joy, in the goodness that God brings about in the life of your brothers and sisters. Don't be so stuck on yourself. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't go that way. Okay. Don't fall into that. Don't be that person who, you know, you're, 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 you're joyous and you're, and you're, um, and you're, you're, you're happy and you're, you're excited as long as the thing benefits you. No. You got to learn to be happy for your brothers and sisters. When God blesses, listen, God got your time. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. God got, listen, you're not, God not going to miss you. You just keep living right, brother and sister. You just keep, you keep on doing what you're supposed to stay in that word. Keep doing right by people. Do right by them, whether they have the household of faith or not. You're supposed to do right by all men. Do right by them. Do the right thing. Live right. Don't be shady. Don't be trying to get over on, on God and on yourself and on your brother. And so don't do that. Be honest. Walk in integrity. David said, I've walked in my integrity. Amen. Glory to God. 
And we see where that got him. Where did it get him? Got him blessed. That's what it did. Did he have challenges? Yes, David had challenges. But guess what? He was more blessed than he had challenges. <laughs> Glory to God. And so are you. And, and so is your brother and your sister. And you can be excited about how blessed we are, even if the blessings that you are presently focusing on are not the ones that are pertaining to you, but they are the ones where God is blessing your brother and sister. You get excited when God gives your brother and your sister a new job, and you know that they've been looking for one. You know that they've been struck. You be excited when they express, you know what, God helped me pay this bill. I had this going on. You be, get excited about that. Don't don't be a stick in the mud. Don't don't be, you know, oh, yeah, well, that's all fine and good. Whatever. Then you're the first one to want to throw a party on your stuff. Ain't nobody coming to your party. If you can't be happy, happy for somebody else. Why in the world and what sense does it make for other people to be excited about you? No, that's not the way God wants you to do. Listen, love your brother as yourself. You'll notice that that's been a constant theme now. Um, so yet sometimes we do deal with the negatives and we learn that the negatives of the human condition, um, are hurt and anguish and disappointment and rejection and abuse and betrayal and even loss. And we learned that, you know, offenses, we, they, they're going to come, even though we don't want them, people are going to offend us. Sometimes it's going to be int intentional. Sometimes it's going to be accidental, but nevertheless, you're going to come away feeling and, you know, offended. Matthew 18 and seven tells us that very plainly from the words of our Lord and savior himself. And we learned that, you know, that, that when we feel these ways, when people have offended us and intentional or accidental, doesn't matter. It'll leave us feeling away. And that sometimes that way that we're left feeling is discouraged and down and, and, and kind of beaten and, and, um, and cheated and taken advantage of sometimes fearful. We feel lost. Um, and then, you know, also an insecure and, um, we can ultimately feel stolen from. Okay. And we learned that if we don't get a handle on those things and don't deal with those things, when they come up, get that under the blood. When I say get that under the blood, what I mean is, is that you've got to take what you feel and you've got to go before the Lord. You got to be honest about it and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, this is what's going on. This is how I feel about this. But I know that your word says you said this, you, you got to use the word that allows you to overcome the feelings or whatever it is that you're dealing with. Okay. That's how you use the word. You speak the word over what's going on. Okay. You don't just go around thinking about the word. Now that's one part because you, the, because, because, because the, the Lord tells us very plain, he'll keep them in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on him. The person who meditates in the law of the Lord day and night. We learn about that in Psalms, in Psalms, all of these different things, right? So there, there is a benefit to thinking on, on, on the word of God, but you can't leave it just in that area. You got to actually do the word. You got to obey the word. You got to use the word of God. So when you're feeling the word of God is not just to be used when you are lacking something. Okay. Lord, I, your Lord, I'm, I don't have a job. I don't have this, but you said the cattle of a thousand hills belong to you and all these other sorts of things. The gold is mine. The silver is all Lord. That's good. That's that, that, that's good. But you got to also use that word not when you are in the need of something necessarily physically, but even when it's emotional and spirit, you listen, when you're feeling like somebody has really just done you wrong and you want to get even, you got to speak the word, Lord, you said, be angry, but sin not. 
So God, you know how I feel. You know what's going on. So I am trusting you. I'm relying on you according to your word because it is written. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's written. Your solution is written. The solution for when you're lacking physically, maybe I don't have some food, I don't have a clothes, I don't have resource, that I, but, it, but it is also written when you are lacking spiritually and emotionally. Every area of the human condition is covered by the word. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's covered by the word. Notice what I didn't say. Notice I didn't say it was covered by the blood. I didn't say that. I said it was covered by the word. Blood covers sin. You hear what I'm telling you? That's what the blood was for. That was to deal with sin. Amen. Amen. And the, it, it, that, it, that, that's what the blood was for. Your everyday issues and stuff, that's covered under the word. That's covered by the word, which now because of the shed blood, you have an activated right to use the word in order to overcome whatever the situation is. Sometimes we get into a lot of religious stuff. We're like, you know, you got to put it under blood. Hold on, hold on. You're not putting nothing under the blood. The <laughs> sin was put under the blood. That's what that was. But for your everyday life and all that kind of stuff, you know what that is? That's under the word. That is covered under the word. Brothers and sisters, you got to speak the word. You can speak the word because of the shed blood. But 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 yo but yo listen you're 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 overcoming it's in the word there's a scripture for you has somebody made you mad there's a scripture for you has somebody disappointed you there's a scripture for you are you fearful about some things there's a scripture for that too there is a word for every aspect of the human condition so make sure make sure that you are meeting life's challenges not with fear but you're meeting it head on with the word. Because the word cannot be undone. And the Lord said that his word will not come back void, but it will accomplish the thing that he sends it to. Now, listen, I might not be able to get it done. You might not be able to get it done, but the word will absolutely get it done. Our position is to believe that word. The words already, listen, the word is already spoken. The word is already written. Yours and my responsibility is to believe it. Amen. Amen. Do you want to see the word activated in your life like never before? Then start believing the word. Believe it enough to use it. If you listen, you can't. <laughs> if you believe the word, but you're not using the word, then you don't believe the word. It don't work no other way. It does not work any other way. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, he tied obedience to love. If there is no obedience, if there is no follow through, if there is no using the word like he told you to, then where is the love? Where it, listen, you, if, faith and love are two things that God absolutely does not take on the strength of you just saying it. He will never accept your love and he will never accept your faith on the strength of you just saying, oh, I believe you. Oh, I love you. No, 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 no. God says, show me. God says, prove it by being obedient. Why? Because faith without works, guess what? It's still dead. It is still dead. It's not going to make it. It's not going to all of a sudden be okay. 
and it's not going to all of a sudden be accepted because it's you. But mom and dad have a track record. So what? Mom and dad might have been believing, but son and daughter, you not. And last time I checked, according to Ezekiel, the soul that sent it, it shall die. You're going to stand, you're going to rise and fall on your own two feet. Because either you're going to stand on the legs of obedience or you are going to stand on the legs of disobedience. You choose. Because you're not getting in on the strength of mom and dad's faithfulness, grandma and grandpa's faithfulness. I hope somebody who is hearing, who will hear this, understands what I'm saying. I'm glad that you have a good pedigree and a, and a good track record. I'm glad that you come out of a home that was, that was saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. But ma'am, sir, if you don't do that word for yourself, you are going to land in hell. And that's just the way it is. If I don't do what the word says do, what God has plainly commanded, it's not going to matter what my mom did and my dad did. I'm going to miss heaven on the strength of my own disobedience. But I will never make heaven on the strength of their obedience. It don't work that way. They can't be saved from me as much as they love me. This is why the role of the parent is to, with everything they got, parents, if you got children, you got to be pouring that word into them, giving them the foundation. God will take the rest. God will handle the rest. You just do your part where you share God and don't just be not no Mickey Mouse sharing God, but I mean, you got to know that word for yourself. You got to be reading that word to them. You got to be talking that word. You got to have dialogue in your home over the word. You listen, you got to explain the word as it's been explained to you. Don't add anything to it. Keep it just the way the word is. You got to teach them how to use the word when they run into hard times. See, you're not going to school with them. You're not there when they're dealing with the peer pressure and all this other kind of stuff. All you and I can do is pray for them. But the same God that kept us is the same God that'll keep your children. And if the word was good enough to work for me and for you, it's good enough for them. So why are you mums the word? Why are you quiet? Why are you silent on communicating the word of God? Why is it that there's no talk about spiritual things in your household? The only time it comes up is on a Sunday morning or on a Wednesday night or whatever night the church has collectively chosen to have Bible study. You got to keep the fire of the word burning throughout the week. Because God was good enough, more than good enough for mom and dad, more than good enough for grandma and grandpa. And he's more than good enough for me and my wife, and absolutely more than good enough for our children. The word works, family, but it absolutely does not work if you will not use it. It does not work if you will not obey it. And it does not work if you will not speak it. God shouldn't be a legendary topic in your household. Something that you talk about every now and then. No, no, don't do that. 
No, make that, let the Lord be part of your everyday conversation. Listen, when you at your dinner table and you blessing your food, that food came from God almighty. And if he didn't open the door, you wouldn't be having nothing. Nothing at all. And if you don't seem to have anything, but God's opened up a door and somebody has taken heart and given you something when you couldn't, when you didn't have it for yourself, that listen, that's God. Looking out for those that have and those that don't have. Providing. So yes, we bless the name of the Lord. We tell him, thank you. Glory to God. Amen. We learn that because of when, when, we, when we start dealing with spiritual debt collecting, okay, when people have taken from us, you, 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 gonna, you can feel like those folks owe you. And that's normal. That's okay. If somebody takes something for you, it is okay to feel like they owe you back. Okay. So let's, let's, let's pull the wool off of some of this stuff because the devil will always try to hijack anything. Okay. So let me say that again. If someone takes something from you, okay, something is taken from you, you have a right to feel as though you want it back. And you actually have a right to get it back. Amen especially if it was taken from you, meaning that it was stolen, okay? When people invoke these, um, these negative things on us, hurt and anguish and rejection and abuse and, and all of these different things, and it leaves us feeling like, you know, discouraged and taken advantage of it, like we've been stolen from or whatnot. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, and hopefully we don't let it linger to the point where we start becoming bitter and hateful and resentful, but, 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 but assuming that it hasn't gotten that far and we're just kind of in that stage of feeling like, man, I've been stolen from, I've been taken from, I'm, you know, I'm feeling insecure. I'm not feeling safe. Like I was and all of these different things. See, when you, when you sin against, we learn, we learn something. We learn that when you invoke these conditions and you, and you bring this upon a person, um, um, whether you intend to do it or not, when you bring these things upon a person, okay, and you leave a, a person feeling um, as though they've been stolen from or cheated or taken advantage of or insecure and all of those different things, okay, what we discovered, brothers and sisters, okay, with all of that is, is that you've actually committed an offense against that person, okay, amen. You've actually committed an offense or it is perceived in the case where it's accidental, it's perceived that you've committed an offense. Okay. And, but regardless of accidental or intentional, okay. When an offense is, is committed. Okay. Then what has happened is when an actual offense is really committed against the person, then you've committed a crime against that person. You've committed a trespass and a trespass is a breaking of the law or breaking the rule or so to speak. You've committed a crime against that person when you accidentally um, uh, um, commit an offense against the person. You haven't purposefully um, committed a trespass, but accidentally, so to speak. OK, and that can be based on the person's perception. OK, and they might have the wrong perception, but but for all intents and purposes right then and right there, that's what they're perceiving. So even though you haven't purposely committed a crime or trespass against them, they perceived your actions and they're operating under the feeling that you have trespassed against them. OK. All right. So now that's where. So that's that's the reason for all of that. Now, I told you that trespasses can take many forms, but 
one of the main forms that trespasses take. Okay, or can often take. Let me say it that that way. Okay, one of the forms that trespasses against someone can often take is the form of theft. Okay, now I mentioned it a little bit earlier when I said it can leave you feeling um, taken advantage of or stolen from, and that was purposeful. Why? Because when it when someone commits a trespass against you, Amen. Many times it takes the form of theft. Okay, even if what was taken was not a physical thing. So it's not predicated or based upon an actual physical, tangible thing being taken. No, okay? You can take a person's sense of peace. You can take a person's innocence. You can take a person's sense of self-worth and self-confidence and self-respect. You can take a person's dignity. You can take a person's time. You can take a, their sense of safety and security you can take a sense of peace and you can also take mental and physical health from a person all of these things all of these things are possible when we trespass against one another when any of these things are happen Sometimes the person who is in the role of the victim, okay, so that's the one who's had everything happen to them, this person can take on, because of this, it can push that person to taking on the mentality of the creditor or the debt collector because stuff has been taken. No, it might not have been money out of my bank. It might not have been, you know, it might not have been the car in my driveway or, or, or wherever. It might not have been, you know, the shoes off my feet. You may not, may not have taken something tangible. But you took my dignity. You took my self-respect. You took innocence. You took all of these different things, possibly. And because that has been taken, now I feel like I want it back. I feel like you owe me. You feel like that person owes you. You have now taken on the mentality, the mindset of the debt collector. Matthew 18, 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me that thou owest. He took the man by the throat. The throat is necessary in order to speak. That means the man wasn't even interested in what the man had to say. His fellow, he wasn't even interested in it. All he wanted was what he wanted and what he felt he was entitled to. And when a person has been victimized or feels or, or has been stolen from or taken from because of our trespasses against them, okay, whether intentional or unintentional, okay, that person can be left with the feeling of wanting to collect on a debt. And the feeling if to, of wanting to tech collect on a debt, that part is actually normal. That, that's a natural response. Because remember, if someone takes something from you, 
you have a right it's to feel as though you want it back and you are actually have a right to to get it back you you're entitled amen okay you're you're enti- so 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 for the person who has been legitimately done wrong and has been left there you don't need to feel bad because you feel that way but there are some things that you do need to be aware of that we're going to talk about so that you don't while you feel that way or if you start to feel that way you handle it properly and don't get yourself messed up okay because you can end up going too far remember the word of god teaches us be angry but sin not and being entitled to having someone pay you back if you don't handle that right you can easily move into the area of sin in your quest in your quest to gain restitution or to be paid back okay you can go about it the wrong way so we want to make sure we don't do that okay so it's natural to 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 be it's, it's natural to feel like you want to be paid back but because it can spin out of control there are divine restrictions placed upon it so that you don't destroy yourself with it i hope you hear me Somebody who will listen to this, somebody has legitimately done you wrong and they have taken far more than what they realize. And I know that you're hurt and I know that you're upset and I know you're disgusted. And you just want your peace back and you just want that, that you, you, you want that security back. You want those things back. But now anger has gone, has become bitterness and, and all of these things. And, and now there's, there's spitefulness and all of these things. And so now you don't just want it back. You want a little revenge on the side in your quest to get it back. And now you yourself are in danger of transgressing God. Whereas someone committed a crime against you, a trespass against you, you are now in danger of committing a trespass against God. So divine restrictions are are placed upon those who have a right to be paid back. The thing that is owed them. Divine restraints have been put in place and they have been done so for the purpose of helping you not destroy yourself because many a man and many a woman have destroyed themselves and much more all behind the pursuit of someone making good of being paid back because they pursued it recklessly and at all costs. The book of Ecclesiasticus, chapter 28, verse 1 says this, he that revengeth shall find vengeance from the Lord and he will surely keep his sins in remembrance. Uh Uh-oh, doesn't that go in line? Do you begin to see the connections between that in Matthew, in Matthew 18, verse 35? So likewise 
shall my heavenly father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespass, basically telling us that if you don't forgive, God's not going to forgive. Now, here we are in Ecclesiasticus chapter 28, verse 1. He that revengeth shall find vengeance from the Lord, and he shall and he will surely keep his sins in remembrance. What does that mean? It means exactly what we just talked about in Matthew 18 and 35. You're not going to find forgiveness for your stuff if you can't forgive others for their stuff. Okay? That's something to keep in mind. Why? Because the limiter, the restraint that God put in place to protect you from destroying yourself in your reckless pursuit to be paid back that which you are owed is none other than the mechanism of forgiveness. That's what he put in place. That's what he activated. That's what he requires. See, it's normal to feel like you want to be paid back. That's normal. Why? Because number, first and foremost, God outlawed theft. <laughs> Stealing is a crime. So yeah, it's, it's, it's normal to feel, it's normal to feel like I want to be paid back. You have a right to feel that way. Why? Because when someone takes something from you, that is theft and that is still a law. Yes, it's a law in the land, but brothers and sisters, it is a law of God. Amen. Somebody don't believe that. Exodus 20, 15. Thou what? Shalt not steal. That's what the word said. So God was already making that plain from the start. Thou shalt not steal. Some people who commit those, those trespasses against one another, against others, and don't realize that they're taking from somebody. So then when the person begins to show signs of offense and offendedness, the person who is the offender sometimes takes an attitude of not humility, but like, I, I don't understand why you mad. What you mean you don't understand why they're mad? You committed a crime. God said, thou shalt not steal. Sometimes people don't always understand what it is that they're doing. Matthew 19, 18 says this. He saith unto him, which Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Glory to God. Somebody still don't believe it. Romans 13, 9. Somebody, my goodness, somebody going to get the stickiness off their hands in their, in their life. Romans 13, 9 says this, for this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not what? Steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. You can't lightly take something. You can't overtly take something. You can't nonchalantly take something. You can't absent-mindedly take something. And all of a sudden, those don't fit under the category. All of it is under the category of theft. Thou shalt not steal. You shall not take your brother's dignity, their self-respect, their self-worth, their peace. Thou shalt not steal. And it's high time some of us become more observant and responsible in the way we act, in the way we deal with one another, because you're taking from somebody things that you don't realize, things that are necessary for them to function and to operate. Be careful, be careful, be careful, because it doesn't matter what your intentions are. Thou shalt not steal. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. But even after that, you know, somebody still don't believe it. Ephesians 4, 28. Let him that stole steal no more. But rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed. God, listen, God don't want you to, don't want theft going on so much. He said that if you're doing it, I want you to give it back. Stop stealing. He said, I want you to cut it out. Cut it out. Notice that scripture here. Let's segue and let's, let's just talk about that. We didn't, this wasn't in the notes, but let's, let's, let's talk about that. Ephesians 4 and 28. Let him that steal, that stole steal no more. Let him watch what God's, but look, look at God's plan. Look at what God's intention was, but rather let him labor. Okay working with his hands, the thing which is good. So you're supposed to be doing the right thing. You're supposed to be willing to, 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 to work and do the right. But watch this. Here, look at the reason that he tells you to do it in the B portion of, of Ephesians 4.28. Why does he want you to labor? Why does he want you to work with your hands the thing and doing the things that are good? Why? For the purpose that you may give to him that need it. In other words, you're not supposed to be a taker. You're supposed to be a giver. Why does God hate stealing and theft so much? Because God's desire is that you be a giver, not a taker. That was his desire. That was his plan. That is his wish for you. That is his desire for you. That is his commandment unto you. You're supposed to, do you realize that literally what he is telling you in this scripture? <laughs> That you are literally supposed to be working and doing what is good for the purpose of your brother or sister, not yourself. Now, a lot of people do not realize that. But that's literally what he just told you. I don't want you stealing. I don't want you taking. But instead, notice he said rather. That means instead. But rather, I want you to be working. I want you to be doing, and again, remember, this can, this is physical, yes, 
But this also has spiritual applications as well, because you don't always steal that which is tangible. So this means that you ought to be laboring for the edification of your brothers. And so, do you see how all this stuff comes? The, the word is all connected. Working with your hands, that which is good. What does that mean? It means you're supposed to be sacrificing. <laughs> Working with your hands. Look, you using your own strength. You using what God has given you. Why? For the benefit of your brother or sister. So that's first and foremost. God said, no, 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 no. It says, yeah, it, see, it, it's normal to feel like you want to be paid back. Why? Because stealing is outlawed. And we just learned that. We just proved that. But secondly, or in addition, when a thief is discovered, it's normal to want to be paid back. And you got a right to be paid back. Why? Because when a thief is discovered, regardless of his reasons, good or bad, he is required to pay back plus interest. Now, so it's, so, so it's normal to want to feel that you pay back because you, you're entitled. When somebody takes, you are entitled. But again, God put limiters in place to keep you from going too far with this and messing yourself up. And we're going to continue. And as we continue on, we'll get, we'll get further into that. Proverbs 6, 30 and 31 says this, men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his own, satisfy his soul when he is hungry. In other words, even when people steal who don't have a lot and they steal just for the purpose of put food in their on in their belly. The word of God is saying people understand that. People can identify with that. That's understandable. But look at verse 31. Understandable or not. Look at this is why I love God. God don't play with nobody. And his word is absolutely worth. He said, I, it, it, yeah. we can understand. We can see why a person would do that. We can see why why they would take from somebody else when they are in need. But look at verse 31. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. You got to give it all back. Got to pay it back. Not just that, but with interest. When it's discovered, what you've taken. That you have taken. You got to pay it back. So for you who are taking from others. And this is going to be more in line. In the area of the spiritual. And the emotional. Okay. You who are stealing in that way. Because the physical is obvious. That, that, that's obvious. But what's not so obvious is the emotional part and the, and the physical part. That, that part is not always as, as obvious. And that's what we're digging into this morning. Okay? To you who are stealing emotionally. To you who are stealing spiritually. It's God's will that you pay back. I want you to, man, I want to hear, I, don't, I hope you hear this. I hope you hear this. See, because God, 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 God work on, on all angles. He work on the heart of the man or the woman that has been offended. But then he also work on the heart 
and the and of the mind and the mind of the man or woman who is the offender. He got a word for everything. That's why I tell you, it's covered under the word. Glory to God. God got a word on on on, on everything for for the for the offended. He says, "I got forgiveness." That's what you gotta operate in. But for the offender, you gotta pay back when you become aware that you have taken from somebody, you've done something wrong. It is only right that you try and do your best to make good. You don't take an attitude that says, oh, well, well, you know what? Well, we'll get them next time or I'll do better. No, 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 no. You got to start doing what you can to be part of the solution and to try to fix up what you messed up. Glory to God. Proverbs 6 and 31 said, but if he be found, he shall what? Restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. What does that mean in the realm of the spirit? It means you got to put your best foot forward to do right by that person that you've done wrong. Ain't no oops and you just going to going to tuck yourself into a corner and be like, oh, well, I guess I messed up. No, you know you messed up. And now you're willing to watch your brother and your sister unravel because you don't want to apologize and you don't want to give anything back. And I want to let somebody know if that's you, God is not playing games. He said, thou shalt not steal. You might not have thought about how you're going to make good on it, but you better start thinking about it because you have trespassed. You have done your brother and your sister wrong on purpose, and now you got to do it right because you there is no version of loving God all the while you hate your brother. No, it's not going to happen. You're not going to heaven. You're not going to make it that way. See, you're not going to almost, you're not going to just skate into, into heaven. With your Cheerios and Fruit Loops, thinking everything is going to be all good just because you, you, no, 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 no. You have done wrong and you have now got to do right because God has brought it to your attention. You know they're offended. You know she's hurt. You know they're unraveling. You know it. You know it. And you know you're the culprit. You might not be able to put it back the way that it was, but you can do your best to start. Be part of the solution and stop part being part of the ongoing problem. Do what you can to help him or her heal. See, this is that real stuff. This is that real. We don't hear about this kind of stuff. All you don't you don't get here. We don't hear this kind of teaching all the time. Sin is still sin. And I don't care how long you've been in the church, sin will take you to hell. You better get back to doing what the word says do because God told you to do it. I don't like to be wrong, but you guess what? Sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm the culprit. 
Sometimes I'm the villain in the story. I'm the one that's done wrong. And when it's brought to my attention, I got to get it right. And yes, I, I'm, I, listen, it's, it's egg in my face. Yes, I'm, I have to humble myself. Yes, it means everybody going to be looking at me like what? But that's all right. I have done my brother and my sister wrong, and I love them enough that I don't want them to stay that way, and I don't want them to be hurt. I don't want them to st- – listen, even if – from listen, my listen, a temporary boost to my ego is not worth the destruction of my brother and my sister. That's not worth it. Me being quiet on what I know that I have done wrong while I'm watching them go down in flames. So that I can save myself. Guess what? You're not saving yourself. You're condemning yourself. Don't listen. Don't get it twisted. Because God tells the person that's been stolen from that you got to forgive in order for them to give on. You're not off the hook and you know you've done wrong. See, that forgiveness is so that they can move on in spite of you. But if you don't do what you are supposed to do, what's going to happen is, is is that the offended will have operated in forgiveness and will be able to move on, but the offender will have been disobedient to God and will land themselves in hell. God is not playing. You got, to, you got to do it God's way. Got to do it God's way. Got to do it God's way. So we can see why the feeling, we can see why someone would feel, have the feeling that they want to be paid back. Like someone owes you something. We understand that that's not far-fetched. That's not a far-fetched feeling. Because according to scripture, if someone takes from you involuntarily, a trespass or a crime has been committed against that person. And in such cases, the scripture teaches that the thief owes you. So that's why you feel that way. And it's normal to feel that way. But you can't let that go get out of control. You can't let that become your number one pursuit, getting that person to pay you back. Because there is a reality. And we will pick this part up next week. And that reality is is this. Yes, the one that stole is in debt to you. And according to scripture, they must pay you back. It is their responsibility to do what they can. But there is something that you must also understand. Which is hence the reason why the limit was put in place for the offended. And that is this. What if the offender cannot pay? What if the trespasser cannot pay it back? 
brothers and sisters, we're going to deal with that on next week. Glory to God. Thank you for sticking in there as long as you have. We pray that this word has been a blessing to you and that you learned something and passing along to somebody who needs it. Take your time when you're going over this um, to, to study it. Go over it. This is meant to, to fuel you and feed you for several days on end. This is meant to direct your Bible study. So God bless you and you have a wonderful time. Until next time, I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording here. Mm -hmm.